impacts them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Modern Man Podcast, where we connect men in pursuit of their potential. Join us as we embrace discomfort, cultivate community, and put wind in each other's sails. And if you're ready to take your personal and professional growth to the next level, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget, check out the Noble Knights Mastermind Group, where you can find the support, accountability, and mentorship you need to achieve your goals. Join us and become a part of a community of like-minded men on a mission to improve themselves and elevate their capacity for life. And I'm excited to get some wind in our sails from our guest out of Denver, Colorado, veteran, entrepreneur, realtor, Sergio Nazaro on the podcast. Sergio, thanks for hopping on, brother. Dude, thanks for having me. I appreciate you bringing me on. It's Absolutely, honor. man. It, it is an honor. I'm excited to hop into this conversation. And um, I'd, I'd first like to start by opening up the floor, giving you the microphone, giving you the stage and allowing you to address the audience uh, authentically in your own way, introduce yourself in your own words, and then we can kind of hop into our conversation. Cool. Now that I have everybody's attention. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, listen, man, I uh, I moved around a lot as a kid. And the only reason I share that is because I'm five, six. And so I had to create this personality that allowed me to survive getting beat up, which has I gotten me, that. it got me into a lot of great <laughs> spots. Also got me into a lot of trouble. Um but I think it really allowed me to kind of grow up and and be the man I needed to be as, at a young age when my parents ended up becoming homeless because they took bad advice from a real estate agent. They lost their jobs. We ended up without a house. And that kind of set the trajectory of my life, right? Like I, I was I was kind of forced to go to the Air Force Academy, even though it was a great opportunity. Um, my parents didn't have the money for college. And I knew that. And even though they thought they could pull it together, I knew at my, my soul that they weren't going to be able to. That experience in the military culminated with a seven and a half month deployment to Afghanistan, mm. got back from a deployment and got out of the military, had a early crisis in my thirties about who am I, what do I stand for? Where am I going? And as any good person would turn to drugs and alcohol, cause I didn't know what else to do. Um, that led me to a really dark spot in my life and ine inevitably ended up getting some professional help for a few years, worked through that. And then at some point I was like, you know what? I'm done working for other people. I'm going to add a little bit of additional stress to my life and become an entrepreneur. So I did that. Right. And that's been an amazing ride. And I just recently launched my own coaching company to help people avoid the mistakes that I made over the last seven years and really help accelerate them to get to them to where they want to be. Man, Sergio, that's, that's amazing. And congrats on, on the, on the test that has become your testimony and, and, Get, taking that mantle, becoming the coach and pouring into others. Something you said, um, and I, I love this because I'll I'll write down questions and things like that. And I rarely start with those questions because you just gave your backstory and you mentioned kind of making some decisions by circumstances. Like you had to go into services. You had to do these things. Where do you think the decisions you made shifted from I have to versus I want to? Does that make sense? Like, where did yeah. you choose? Where did you start choosing your path based off of you want to versus where you had to? Yeah. So my junior year at the Air Force Academy, you if you go to the first day of class, you are then committed for the next seven years. If you choose not to go, then you can get out of the school. No questions asked. But if you go and you don't graduate, you get a bill for about three hundred thousand dollars you have to pay back. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there in this position. It's, you know, August of. 2005. I'm like, what do I want to do? And it was finally when I made the decision, I was like, okay, I want to do this. I was called to serve my country. 
I came here because I had to, and now I'm wanting to do this. Let's go. And that was the first decision that I was really like, I want to do this. Mm. That kind of allowed me to start to see the world differently. Like I get to write the rules, even though I'm playing within the confines of a system, I can write the rules based on what I want. That's why I chose to, even though I got to go to pilot training, I was supposed to be go uh, to fly in the Air Force. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in the military for 12 years. And then at the end of my military career, I made the, another decision. I want to go to Afghanistan. So I called up and I was like, hey, can you please send me? They're like, done. And so those were probably the three biggest decisions of when I started to live a life on I want to versus I have to. Mm. And I pull from those now where, you know, I'm launching this coaching company. I'm leaving this amazing seven-figure dollar or seven-figure business because I want to. Mm. That's amazing. I feel like a lot of guys, we we operate through life and we can't answer the question, what do I want? Like I wrote that, like, okay, I want to do this, right? A lot of times if you ask a guy, man, what do you want? I don't know. I've been doing what others needed for so long. I haven't considered what I want in this and how that that conspires into the next step. Um, you mentioned a point in your story where things got heavy, things got dark. And, and one question I was going to write down where I know um, you know, you had nothing at one point, $12,000 in credit card debt, making $24,000 a year to completely changing the shift and making your first million in the next 24 months. Um, what led to your quote unquote rock bottom and what changed that had the trajectory come back up? Yeah. <clears throat> There's this moment where I remember, I vividly remember sitting on the, my living room floor of the apartment that I just got for myself. And it was the first time like suicidal thoughts had started to kind of creep into my mind. There's this catalyst of this breakup with a girl and any good heartbreak is going to make you go crazy for a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it was one of the best things that's ever happened to me because it made me come face to face with God, made me come face to face with who I was as a man in that season. And that was just the beginning. Like that wasn't rock bottom. Rock bottom was when I was at a music festival. I was at Coachella. And I had taken a bunch of MDMA. I'm high as balls in the middle of this field enjoying my time at Coachella. Except I'm in this headspace and I'm like, there has to be more to life than this. Like I wasn't put on this earth to be doing this. And I saw the path of what my life would look like if I kept going down this version of me. Mm -hmm. And I got back and I was like, dude, enough, like enough. Like I'm hurting I'm emotionally unconnected. I'm disconnected in mind, body, and spirit. Like I'm just operating as four different men. I just couldn't do it anymore. And like, I think you get to a spot where you get sick of your own shit. And I just looked in the mirror. I was like, I don't know where this is going to lead me, but like, I'm only like one or two decisions away from like being out on the streets. It felt like, and I know that's not true. My parents are going to be there, but in my mind, I was like, this feels like it's getting super heavy. Yeah. And it was in that moment where I, you know, I kind of went to my parents. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of struggling. I think I'm going to go get help. And I could see it in their eyes. Like, finally, <laughs> you know, but they loved me and they supported me and I went there and they would always check it, check on me. But I think it usually, I just got to a spot where I was like, Hey, do I want my life to look like this in 10 years? Mm -hmm. And the answer was a loud no. So I knew I had to make some choices. And that was one of those choices that I had to make. Yeah. And shout out to you for, for making that choice and really asking yourself that question, because a lot of us don't ask ourselves the, the real questions and 
reflect on where we're headed and where we're going and thank for you thank you for your service by the way i don't know if i said that at the beginning of the episode. i appreciate that um wanted to make sure i i acknowledge that but um to make that decision is is hard for a lot of people because we don't contemplate where we're going or really how we're showing up through life and i'm interested to know do you know what it was you might have been running from because i know what it's like where you know going for a joint or going to a website or going to, you know, the bottle is, is more comforting than facing the reality and the problems of my life. Right. Like I'm, we're usually running away from something. Um, were you able to identify that? And what was it like when you actually faced it? I, I think I'm still like trying to wrap my mind around this now, but there's like a darkness inside of me, man. And not in a bad way, but we all have darkness inside of us and it's mm. in those dark crevices of our life that a lot of the times we're running from those things. And I've explored this quite a bit. I think in the moment leading up to a deployment, you go through all of this training and you have to come face to face with this idea that you might not come back. Mm. And you end up turning off all your emotions to kind of protect yourself. Like I removed relationships and girls from my life that were going really well. I started shutting down friendships because I didn't know if I was going to come back and I didn't want anybody to go through this pain. Yeah. I was pulling away from my parents and I was just like suppressing everything. And I think what I was running from was like, I was scared, dude. Like I was scared I was going to die. I was scared I made the wrong decision. I was scared that I was going to come back like with no face or no leg or something like that, that my life would be altered forever. Mm. And I was afraid that I didn't trust myself enough to make a decision or the decision that I made wasn't the right one. Mm. And so I just figured like, if I don't pay attention to it, I don't have to deal with it because when you shut down all of those emotions and like, you're constantly just holding it down, right? Cause you can't shut it off. It's just like, you're holding it down. You're just throwing stuff on top of who you are as a person. And, and every time you layer that on there, you forget more and more and more of who you are. And the one thing that I did know is that the man that I was before my deployment, I wasn't super proud of. Mm. Um, the way he was treating women, the way he was acting, just the way what he represented as a whole. And I was young. People make stupid mistakes when they're young, but I just wasn't proud of that. So I think part of the things I was running from is I didn't want to uncover that and then be that guy again. And I didn't know that you could just recreate that. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that recreation. Like when you faced all that, I, I wrote down, you know, 24 months and I'll, I'll write down verbatim what the question was i said what happened in 24 months that made you your first million dollars <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think i might have avoided that um i think what happened in, in those 24 months is like i had this awakening mm -hmm. that i had been living in this pit of life and my body it was breaking down i had no connection with god i had shut that off uh, my relationships were inexistent outside of my parents and a couple of friends and I was making $24,000 a year and I was just racking up credit card debt. And the moment that I was able to own that, like truthfully own, just say, hey, all right, all right, Sergio, this is where you are at. Stop sugarcoating, stop bullshitting yourself. Like this is where you are. But what do you want? I was able to kind of open up this gap between the two. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that I was like, oh, I want to make a million dollars. I was like, if I could just make hundred thousand dollars. I'd be I would never have to work again. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if I just make a hundred thousand dollars, I'd never have to work again. And so then came the the kind of the conversation was like, well, how does how does that guy live his life? 
well, he sure shit not doing all this. Right? He's not he's not neglecting his relationship with himself. He's taking care of his body. He's putting themselves around the right people. And so I just started to dissect my life. And I was like, mm-hmm. you're gone. You're out. That's not serving me. No more of that. I got to start, you know, reading. I need to start understanding who I was. And it was just this, it was almost like a hit list on my own life. Yeah. I was just popping them off one, one thing at a time. And if something was good, I'd be like, cool, you're in. Yeah. I just had this running list of things that were serving me and things that weren't people that were serving me and people that weren't. And it was, it was kind of brutal. I just started like cutting people out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. Cause I, I've, I've talked about the concept of a GPS before. Right. And so many people focus on, I want to go here. I want to go here, but there's two destinations you put into the GPS where you're going, but also where you're at. And so many people are so focused or I'm trying to get here. They haven't fully and transparently and ruthlessly looked at their current situation. And because they don't have the accurate coordinates in which they are in life, they can't get to what they're, where they're going. There's just no way to connect the two dots. And you literally broke it down to you knew where you were at. You knew the direction and trajectory in which you wanted to go. And you focused on that. Um, and now I can start getting to the questions that I wrote down. <laughs> this is this has been fantastic, Sergio. I'm loving every minute of this. Um, because one of the first questions I was going to start with, and I love that you say you think it's possible to have it all. Because, you know, growing up, and especially a lot of young men listening, they're trying to figure out, man, how do I have it all? Right? Um, you know, not just the business, but the the relationships, the family, right? Everything that you show up in. So knowing that your answer is yes, I'm still going to ask the question and ask you to ex- expand on it a little bit, but can you have it all? And if so, how? You can only have it all if you want to have it all. Let's just start there. Like it. And the only way for you to really do that is you have to get clear on what it is that you want <clears throat> in all four domains. So I break this up into four domains in your body, right? Your health and your fitness in your being, which is your connection with yourself and your connection with your creator. If you have one, your balance is your relationships with your, with your wife and with your kids. And then your business is obviously your business. But before we start to try to make this idea of having it all, let's get clear on what having it all in one domain would look like. Like if you could have it all in your body, what would that look like? How do you eat? How do you look? How do you work out? How do you treat it? Let's get clear on that. Then let's move into your connection with God and yourself. Like what are the things that you do? Like, how well do you know yourself? How ruthlessly honest are you with yourself? How do you speak? Like, I believe in God. Like, how do you speak to God? Like, what is that relationship like? How are you bolstering that relationship? And then with your spouse and your kids, like, how are you showing up as a husband? Are you coming home after a long days of working because you're stressed? You're just spitting venom on somebody because you couldn't handle it? You're telling your kids, like, hey, no, daddy needs some rest because he's tired. Or... Just have it all mean when you show up, you're you're meeting your wife and you're having a conversation with her and you're connecting with her and you're 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 investing in your kids, even though it's hard because you're tired. And then in your business, because I believe that the life that you want, the relationships you want, and the and, and the body that you want is going to be built upon the business that you create. One of my coaches told me that. So how do you create a business and what does that look like for you? So once we get clear on those, then we have to start to relate those. Like we have to start to like connect those. I know for a fact that if you are consistent in the gym and you work out and you take care of your body and you feel good when you take your shirt off and you're standing naked in the mirror, that confidence will translate into your business. 
that confidence is also going to improve your sex life. That confidence is also going to become a, a light for your children to show that, oh, dad works hard and working hard gets you this. And like you become a, an example for them. Oh, and by the way, because you're treating your body so well, that conduit between you and God is clear because you're not putting shit in your body that's going to disrupt that. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, I think a lot about this too, right? So I'm connecting my 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 relationships to my business. And people are like, how are those related? Outside of funding the experiences and the lifestyle, you ever gotten into a fight with your spouse and then you try to go to work? <laughs> yeah, you're you're not hiding that. Everybody's yeah. gonna see right through it. You might be smiling, but something's off. Also, when you're having regular sex at home and your life is good at home. How are you showing up in your business meetings? How are you showing up? Like, right? You're feeling good about yourself. So there's you have to start to be able to link all of these things together and see how they interact with one another so that you understand I, if I pull on this lever, it impacts all of these. And if I increase this, it impacts all of these. And so it's this game, this intricate puzzle. And the only way to have it all is first to get clear, but more importantly, then you have to tie them together so that you're moving in the right direction. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's living a life of, what I call optimization, right? Yeah. And and for me, a lot of people want to be a 10 in this this one scenario. And I'm like, listen, I'd rather be a, a smooth eight in all areas than a 10 in one and like a four and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we run into the arenas that we're comfortable in to avoid the negligence. Whereas someone might be confident in the gym and confident at work because they have a leadership role, but they don't feel they don't feel appreciated at home, so they work late all the time. Yeah. And they spend extra time in the gym, and they're barely at home because they don't feel like they have authority or they don't know what to expect at home, right? Outside of their comfort zone. So they avoid it, and then it suffers. Yep. How it's, this game of sed- it's this game of sedation, right? Yeah, completely. Avoidance and sedation because uh, – let me. I'm not going to go over there. Let me – oh, I found another project at work. Sorry, honey. I'm going to miss dinner. Yeah. And sedation can look – you know, a lot of people, sedation can look like the food that you eat. Like if you're overweight and right, you turn, take your shirt off and you feel fat as shit and you're like sedating with food. People are like, oh, you're gross. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. But you also have the other side of guys who are popping pills to make themselves feel better on the outside. They look good, but they're sedating and numbing. So like, don't get it twisted. It can happen in both directions. Mm-hmm. Sedation can be work. Sedation can, can be working out. Sedation could be God. Sedation could be business. Sedation could be your spouse. You're spending all this time with your kids, but you're neglecting your work. And so it's going to come to a head. And that's the wildest part is like, you can get screwed in this game by any direction if you're not careful. (laughs) 100%. Well, the reality is some guys think they're being honest with themselves, but they're not. And that's what's haunting them. Right. Uh, And you mentioned, you mentioned something and I wrote it down, you know, are you proud of you in terms of, you know, you said the person before service you weren't proud of, um, I would say, who were you um, before things turned around, before the 24 months where you had the awakening, before, um, you know, the Sergio that we're graced and welcomed with today, who were you before uh, that trajectory changed? Yeah. And just to be clear, I still got shit in my closet that I'm airing out now, but. Hey, we're all working progress. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still working on things. (laughs) Dude, it was a lot of. treating women very poorly, sleeping around. I like, I had a vendetta because I'd been cheated on so many times. And I was like, Hey, I'm coming for Mm y'all. And that's not fair. Right. Like that's not the man I was raised to be. I was drinking a ton, like every single weekend to the point where I was blacking out, making bad decisions. Uh, I was 
started with recreational drug use and then recreational drug use turned into me doing it every weekend. And I was like, oh, damn, I got to knock this off. Right. And then you have this, this idea of manipulating relationships. Not that I was a manipulator, but the way I would look at this is like, oh, we should hang out this weekend. I'm like, let's go hang out. And then somebody would offer me something better. I was like, ah, see ya. And I'm going to go over here. So I wasn't a man of my word. And so I was just completely out of alignment, completely out of integrity. And I was, I was a wrecking ball. I really yeah. was just a wreck. I was a lot of fun, but I was a wrecking ball, man. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I think a lot of us have been there trying to figure it out. Um, who's the Sergio we, we, we are welcomed with now? Dude, I'm on a path. I'm on a path to awaken my own soul and figure out exactly who I am. And uh, I know that I'm a lot further than I used to be. And I'll tell you this, I did, like I'm almost 40 years old and I feel the strongest and the best shape I've ever been. Like I'm treating my body like a true temple, not to sound cliche, but it's like, Hey man, I, I, I gotta respect this thing. Like this is my gift and I gotta be able to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to, I, I got a 14 month old son and I've been married to my wife for two, two, two years next week. Right. We've been together for seven. <laughs> Happy anniversary. And man. Thanks man. And my wife uh, and I just celebrated two years. Two days. Hell yeah. I love it. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Um, and I just realized the other day that I haven't fully given my heart to my wife yet. And um, she has been out of town for the past week. And we get to have a beautiful conversation when I get to go pick her up after this podcast. Nice. But just being aware of that, right? To know that like, hey, I want you to have all of me. And just to know that like, damn, okay, cool. I haven't given her that yet. And I'm trying to be a really good father. And the reason I'm being trying to be a good father is I've reconnected with my dad. We had a kind of a falling out. And now we're coming back together and we're doing a podcast on how like we've reconciled that. Mm. And now, and this is the hardest one, dude, this is probably the hardest one, the two hardest ones. I had a falling out with God. Like I just, I was done. I was like, dude, I don't, I'm not, I don't really believe in this shit anymore. I don't care if anybody else believes in God. I'm not here to tell you what to believe in. But for me, I was like, I just don't believe it anymore. And then at one point I started to hear his voice and I was like, um, what's what's that and so like i just started to explore it and so now i'm building a deep connection with him Mm -hmm. and the last piece is my business man like listen i am in a season of self-doubt right now a big season of self-doubt i'm growing this coaching company i'm leaving a seven-figure real estate business well i'm not leaving it but i'm having somebody come in and take it over for me all because i know that my soul's purpose is to lead men and women and awaken their souls And that's hard for me to do because my business just isn't where I want it to be at. But this morning in the middle of my stacking and my journaling, I was sitting there being like, yeah, but your soul knows you're just trying to think your way out of it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in this massive work in progress, but the questions I'm asking myself and the experiences I'm having are at a much deeper level than I've ever had before because I've been doing the work on myself. So I'm not perfect, but I'm in progress, man. I'll tell you that right now. I love that. I love that. And man, um, just kind of ask on what you just touched on. How do you handle the gap between something you know in your heart to be true, but has not been actualized in the world yet? Dude, I'm trying to reconcile that right now. <laughs> Here's what I know. Here's what I know. 9-11 happened, and I knew without a doubt that I was called to go do this thing. I was called to go serve my country without a doubt. hmm I wanted to leave, like seven years later, I wanted to leave my job and go pursue entrepreneurship. And I was in a yoga class and I was laying there. Clear as day, I hear my grandfather, my grandfather's voice say, just do it. 
the two times I knew that I had a calling, the only other time in my life that I felt this called to do one thing is to serve these men and women and, and awaken their souls. And right now I'm living off that fuel, like that knowing, that understanding. And even though I'm not where I want to be, I'm trying to find the confirmations in life that tell me I'm going in the right way. Like Nipsey Hussle had this thing, this video somebody posted the other day. And it was like, when things are feeling overwhelming, when it's like, feels too much, it's like, that's what you signed up for. That's part of the journey. And I'm like, that's where I was yesterday. That's where I'm at right now, honestly. And I was sitting there being like, all right, I called this on myself. And so how do I reconcile it? I think it's a lot of just in faith in myself and trust that the decision I made is in alignment with who I am. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Kind of having more of the fear of the regret of not doing it than doing it and failing. Like I, yeah, I'm okay yeah. with giving everything I got and it not coming to fruition. I could deal with that outcome, but I can't deal with the outcome of not even picking up the shovel and trying to dig it in the first place. hundred percent. And I think about my son, dude, like he, at one point he's going to be 13, 14, 15. He's going to come up to me and be like, dad, I want to go do this thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm either going to be able to look at him in confidence and be like, Hey, go follow your dreams. And he's gonna be like, yeah, you showed me the way. Or I'm gonna be like, yeah, go follow your dreams. And he's going to look at me and he's going to go, well, then how come you didn't? And I don't want to have to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Or the messed up answer a lot of parents give is, you know, I chased my dreams until you came into this world. I'm like, how are you going to tell that to yeah. a kid? Yeah, you know? that, dude, I, yeah, that's, that's a whole other question. The thing that drives me crazy, dude, is every step along the way, people will be like, oh, you don't understand because you're single. Oh, you don't understand because you're not married yet. Oh, you don't understand because you have kids. Oh, you don't understand because you're doing well. Oh, you don't, it's like, hey, I'm doing everything that you told me to do. And I'm doing it at a level that you couldn't do it. Stop telling me I can't. And maybe start asking the question why you are so closed-minded to the possibility that you can't. Yeah. And they project those limitations on you with every conversation. That's, you got to be careful who you talk to sometimes. I think they say, don't share your dreams with small-minded people because nothing yeah. kills a dream faster than those small-minded people that will speak all the obstacles and all the negativities to you. And I, I, I do, I, I mentioned, you know, fitness. When I was 22, 23, a coworker at the law firm I used to work at had a bit of a gut. He's in his mid thirties. And he used to tell me, Ted, just wait till you hit 30. You're going to get one of these. And I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. And I'm, I'm, I'm 35 still waiting on that gut. He promised me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, we can make conscious choices through life, decide how we want to show up and, and how we navigate that next chapter. Um, you mentioned the chapter of uh, being being a husband, being a father. How do you balance the ambition of of growth and the the entrepreneur side with the husband father relationship side? Yeah, <clears throat> got a lot of flack for this because I posted this the other day and I got a lot of hate. Let's go. <laughs> my wife and my son are not the number one priority in my life. Mm. my calling to serve men and women, like I keep telling you and awaken their souls is my number one priority in life. That is what I'm placed to do on this earth. And in the pursuit of that, of what I'm destined to do, I am a better husband and a better father. Mm -hmm. And so simply acknowledging that and owning that, that that is where I am was so freeing to me. And I told my wife that, and she's like, we already knew. I was like, okay. I was like, but I want to be clear with you. Like, this makes me the best version of me. And she goes, ever since you started doing it, you have been. Mm -hmm. 
So part of that is just being honest with yourself about what is the most important thing in your life. And if it's not your, if it's not your wife and your kids, that's okay. The thing is, I don't neglect them. I give them even more time because they are the only way for me to lead having it all is by me having it all. And the only way for me to have it all is to make the investments and lead by the way I live. Yeah. Love the answer. I'm going to ask the question again in a different way. Okay. <laughs> how do you manage? Um, yeah. I guess, how do you manage the, the desire of time spent in a relationship, right? The, the watering of a relationship with the watering of a business. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you a less politician answer on this one. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, there was nothing wrong yeah, with your yeah. answer, which, yeah, yeah. um, which I would equate to the mindset behind that. Like, so, um, the reason but you're looking practicality, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad I get both because a lot of people approach things from the wrong mentality in the first place. So understanding yeah. the mentality would probably help yep. understand the practicality too. Cool. Yeah. I, I feel that. All right. I like that. You challenged me too. I like that. Um, <laughs> so practically, what does it look like? Well, there's things that I'm, I make like things that I won't ne negotiate against time that I have allocated to my son and to my wife. So in the morning, my wife goes to the gym. I get 90 minutes with my son in the morning, just him and I put my phone down. I get to interact with them. We get to play. I cook them breakfast. We get to connect. We have fun. Right. At the end of the day, I try to wrap up work around 5.30, 5.45. I go downstairs. I leave my phone upstairs. And for the next, from 5.30 till 7.30, it's just me and my wife and my son. We're eating dinner. We're dancing. We're playing music. We're doing all of it. We're also crying because he's crying. Like, you know, you know, you know, like kids are wild, man. But <laughs> what's beautiful about that is like, those are non-negotiables for me. Also, something that's a non-negotiable for me is that my wife and I do a date night every week. Like we hire a sitter and we go out, just her and I, but we also do an activity with her and my son. Cause I want memories of me and my wife to be able to connect. And then I also want the time of the three of us to build memories together. And so those have really become non-negotiables in, in my relationships because I know that they're just so important to me. Like none of this, none of this shit matters without them. Mm -hmm. So I got to keep that plant, not only alive, but I want it to like flourish. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's perfect. hundred percent. And I, I wrote down non-negotiables because a similar setup where a lot of people used to laugh when I showed them my calendar and it's color coordinated. I showed it, I showed it on the, on, on the podcast before, but there's colors all over the place and the pink on the map is, is my wife time. But what's interesting is a lot of people are like, isn't, doesn't that stress you out? And I'm like, no, this is the most freeing thing. And what I also identify with it is, it puts my wife and I in coordination where yeah. right now I'm sitting down recording a podcast with you and my wife knows exactly what I'm doing at this time. They, my, my, my partners, even my clients, they know, Hey, certain time at, at five o'clock PM, that, that's Ted and his wife time. Right. Because you set those boundaries and those non-negotiables and they're understood by your partner it navigates and it meshes and it works really well right mm. and it takes us understanding that that foundation the clarity that we need to deliver in the first place um i, I saw this on, on on your on your instagram i don't know you posted it not too long ago why are most people broke man because they're fat and lazy <laughs> yeah 
Dude, like your 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 bank account's a direct reflection of your body. Mm. Right. And the reason it is is because people, if you can't take care of yourself, if you can't invest in yourself, if you can't be disciplined with yourself, your finances are going to be the exact same relationship. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people I know have walked into a meeting against another real estate agent at the time. And because they were out of shape, their clients looked at them and they're like, you can't even take care of you. How are you going to take care of us? And so that, what is that? $20,000 mistake because you chose Wendy's every day? Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the post. I was like, that. that's something you might be passionate about. It's like, it's a culmination of our decisions. And and you kind of alluded to it before with um you know the relationships you had and what's interesting is you know I'm just coming back from a family reunion, and it, it not gonna lie it was a weekend of indulgences, and what I like about how I kind of framed it was knowing where you're going you know what hits the gas and what hits the brake, yeah. right? Like I know if I'm hitting the gas with an activity or if I'm hitting the brake with an activity, and I've also kind of mentioned it like fastest races f1 drivers they're not going around the track top speed the whole time like it's okay to pump the brakes guys you know Uh, and that's just my mentality i'm not a all or nothing mentality like don't ever touch the stuff again Uh, that's not that's not me i'm right here i have a good time but i understand when i'm hitting the brakes and when i'm tapping the gas and i'm on the gas a whole lot more than i am on the brakes but being conscious of when we're hitting those brakes is huge so how does habits, decision-making, you know, fat and lazy is one thing, but what are the uh, the habits and the decisions we make on a daily basis that determine whether we are fat and lazy and become broke or if we actually kind of change the trajectory of our lives, get, get in shape, get better finances, better relationships, better lives? Yeah. It comes down to two things, discipline and consistency. Mm. And your discipline could be, I eat healthy six days a week, and then I go full the rock style and I eat 10 pancakes and 17 hamburgers. Like it's up to you. Like you have to figure out what is your discipline and what is your consistency. But those are two are the those are two of the things that like disciplines don't follow your feelings. Discipline is a principle, and principles don't have feelings. So no matter how you feel, you go and do it. For you, we before we got on here, you're like. You know, I'm kind of on a rest day. I had to listen to my body, but you're disciplined in listening to your body. Mm-hmm. You know what it needs. And then you're consistent with your choices. I think a lot of times people are like, well, I don't want to sacrifice happiness. And I'm like, dude, this is the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> right? But I'm not drinking as much. I'm eating healthy. I'm clear. It's a decision that I made because it's what I want. And that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to. It's like, what do you want? So first we get clear on that. And then we can align the consistency and the disciplines associated with that the eating patterns, the sleeping patterns, the dating with your wife, the phone calls you have to make in your business, the meditation, the journaling, the prayers to God, whatever it is that's going to move you closer to what you want. Because everybody's going to have a different definition of what success means to them. Yeah. And I think the the to your point too, of the overlapping disciplines, um, you know, because I'm a big proponent of the journaling and every day I have intentional questions that I ask myself, one of which is, you know, how am I going to love my wife today? Or how am I going to make my wife feel loved today? Those are everyday conscious, intentional activities. I'll journal at the end of the night. 
And those habits seem arbitrary and those habits seem like they'd have no impact whatsoever on my business. But there is a mindset impact that affects how I show up in my business. If I don't mm -hmm. meditate, if I don't, if I don't journal the night before my, my self-talk changes, my self-talk changes, the stories I tell myself changes, and then my behavior and activity changes. So there is an overlap in the different areas of our lives. A lot of us like to compartmentalize things. And I say that with air quotes for anybody that's just listening, but the reality is they do overlap and they do have impacts on each other. Kind of like how you alluded to a conversation or an argument with your wife leading to how you show up in your business. Um, what are some skills and maybe some practices we should focus on if we want to start improving our income want to maybe change the trajectory of our lives. I love that you talk I love that you're talking about journaling. One of the questions that mm -hmm. I consistently come back to is is this what is the biggest lie I'm telling myself? Mm. And it's in the exploration of that that I can start to figure out where there's a gap between what I say I want and what I actually have. And so a lot of the disciplines that I have when it comes to that is it's it's it's, there's a depth to this question. It's like, I want to explore. Like, I'm curious. There's this curiosity that comes. And I'll tell you what's worked for me when it's come to making more money in my bank account and being fit in my body. It's, it's really about, I've created a, a routine that works for me. Mm -hmm. And I haven't tried to mold that to anybody else. I haven't been like, well, Elon Musk or uh, LeBron James or... Michael Jordan, like they do these things. I got to do it. It's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm going to do what works for me. I'm not going to try to act like somebody else. But I think it's, it becomes a non-negotiable for me. Like I make a commitment at the beginning of the week that I'm going to work out this many times this week. Uh, I'm going to, you know, eat a specific way um, and all that type of stuff. I'm going to try and get seven hours of sleep and I stick to those commitments and I track them. I, I track them because then, then I want to know if I've, I followed through or not. Mm -hmm. And I tell people that I'm tracking it and a lot of people are getting overwhelmed. They're like, that sounds so boring. I'm like, listen, there's going to be some, there's going to be some uh, resistance at first because it's, it's new to you. But once you can start to see the, what, what happens when you're consistent with your efforts, it's almost becomes a form of, it's almost like an addiction. You're like, damn, if I did it for 10 days, what would happen if I do it for 30 days? Yeah. So <laughs> that's a big one for me is tracking your progress, like true metrics of like, well, let's define the measurable of what you're trying to achieve and let's track that. Yeah. So date, night, number date nights. Yep. Right. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I, we have a calendar that sits on the fridge and we'll write down the intentional date nights and we have an aim that we go for. And then at the end of the year, we look through it and, you know, we do a pretty good job at it and it's just always top of mind. It's always there. What gets measured gets managed. And for a lot of folks, those those nuances sound like homework. They sound like, oh, I have to do this. But now, you know, it's a habit. Like, I think I see you have a, a whoop band on as well, or at least some type of fitness tracker yeah. on your wrist. And someone was like, oh, well, how accurate is that? That's the other thing. And I was like, listen, if it's inaccurate, the, the inaccuracies are consistent. At least I'm measuring that trend. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, the, the only reason I got this is because I had a heart attack. Oh man, no way. What was okay? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that. Tell us about that, man. I had a heart attack at 34. Oh um, man. I, yeah, I go into the I go to get a stress test because my wife is freaking out about like some of the symptoms I'm having. Um, the stress test, I'm on there, I'm going. 
the competitive side of me gets in there. I'm like, hey, what's the longest time? <laughs> they shut it down. I got like the second and I'm heading back to my car and everything kind of starts to flare up. I'm sitting there. I have this heart attack uh, in the hospital. They put me, they manage me for a little bit. They do an angiogram where they put like this uh, camera up through my artery in my arm. They find out that the, my main artery is clogged. As mm. they take the camera out, I almost bleed out on the table, dude. No way. They have to like they have to like hold down my wrist and keep the blood from coming out. They like putting a cuff on there. It's the wildest shit. And um, I walk out of that a little bit of a changed man, right? It's not like I had <laughs> to change my eating patterns or anything, but like I think that was a moment where I realized like, oh, I just got a gift. Uh, I better not mess this one up. Mm-hmm. so that's why i got this to make sure like i'm tracking my heart rate and everything else and it, it makes me feel better yeah no i i agree i mean i again i track it for for ranges and, and things like that but a lot of times and and we have an episode coming now or it actually came out a few weeks ago about the importance of us checking our blood levels right checking our 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 our, our heart getting checked with our physicians like us as men, we we kind of are under the rug, you know. It doesn't hurt bad enough. So I, I could still walk on it. I'm good. Like, yeah. nah, man. I, like you mentioned, a gift treating your body like a temple. Uh, again, the same reason I didn't lift heavy today, which is typically what I do. My discipline was this is my workout time. Movement's going to be something that I do, but my body's telling me it needs rest. So I did intentional stretching, saunas, and recovery, and and still stuck to the discipline of that being my movement time, but also knowing. I don't bounce back like I used to. No, I'm gonna have to take a pay attention to when my body flares up, when something is inflamed, let it repair itself and keep moving. Um, what is the mindset shift that helped you change the way you approach life? Great question. What is the mindset shift that made me change my approach on life? That heart attack, what I will say, there's only two times that I faced death in my life, that heart attack and then one time on my deployment. And my mom has told me this for a long time. Everybody's got a ticket and you don't know when it's going to get punched. And all I heard in that was just this idea of like, not that time is short or you don't know when you're going to die. I mean, I all that is true. But really what came to me is like, everyone has a ticket And until the agreement that comes with that ticket is fulfilled, your ticket doesn't get punched. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard that, it was almost like I have, uh, I signed my soul away a little bit when I came to this earth to fulfill on what I am destined to fulfill on. And until I do, I will be here. And so kind of that kind of changed my mindset and it took away a lot of fear of me pursuing becoming a real estate agent, me pursuing becoming a coach and starting that because it's just part of my ticket. Mm-hmm. My mom that. has a really great way of like saying things and like punching me in the nose with it and like the most beautiful <laughs> sweet way yeah it's like ah oh, love you too mom <laughs> <laughs> man <laughs> sergio how can how can folks connect with you and 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 learn more of your story um and continue to be part of your purpose as you grow and you continue to enlighten um what's a great way to connect yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Sergio.Nazaro, or on TikTok at Sergio.Nazaro as well. Definitely. And I'm going to have those links 
in, in the show notes. So um, anyone, if you're watching on YouTube, just jump down to the description. If you're listening, open up those show notes and hit the links. It'll take you right to the destination. But last question, Sergio, and um, uh, if, if you need a couple seconds to think of the, the answer, no worries, because it's usually the heaviest question. But what is something that has happened or something that you've seen um, that changes that changed the way you view the world as a man? Man, you can make me cry on this one, dude. Um, so my mom had double kidney failure. And uh, he ended up going on dialysis for a few years. And I've never seen so many people kind of like step up and start to offer um, being a donor for her. Yeah. And um, my high school hockey coach stepped up and they were a match, which was beautiful. But what I saw in that moment, like when I was like, I might lose my mom is just how like how important parents roles are in kids lives. Mm. And I feel so fortunate to have parents that decided to break the cycle of how they were raised and to raise me and my sister to be the men and man and woman that we are. And so the thing that's kind of changed me, especially as I'm heading into, into the season of being a brand new father is this. Parents have a responsibility to make a decision on how they want to raise their children. And just because they were raised a certain way doesn't mean they have to raise their children that way. And the decision for them to invest in their children, the decision that they make to put time, love, and effort into them will change the trajectory of their lives, either for the better or the worse. And the only true way for us to change this world that we're in is to raise the children that can take it over. And so when I saw my mom go through that, and I saw my dad kind of console her and be there with her. It was like this moment where I was just like, damn, I'm blessed, man. And uh, I feel like that was, that's kind of changed my perspective on what I'm trying to do in my life and then making men be better fathers and women be better mothers. Yeah. It's amazing, brother. I appreciate you sharing that. Isn't yeah. it's, you know, it, it ran in my family until it ran into me, right? And continuing to change the trajectory and how we show up. Sergio Nazaro, this has been a fantastic, fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for being on, brother. Thank you so much uh, for, for sharing who you are on the podcast. And I know our audience got got so much value that I had to take notes along the way. I'm going to have to recap some of what you said because a lot of folks are probably working out while while listening or they're cleaning. And, and to the, the person working out, uh, don't worry. Just, just get your set. I, I got you covered. Uh, <laughs> be the man I needed to be. Uh, Sergio started early on with, the, the decision we made in life because, you know, he had to be the man that he had to be. Um, but then transitioning from making decisions on have to, to, I want to, I want to do this. And a lot of us need to ask ourselves what we want in life and then choose and make that decision and then follow up. One of the best things that ever happened to me, a lot of times in our adversity, uh, whether it be that breakup or whether it be something that, that is, is breaking our heart at the moment, could be the best thing that has ever happened to us because it's the eye opener, it's the enlightened moment that changes the trajectory of our lives. We have darkness inside of us, and so ma so many of us are running away from that darkness, sometimes to vices, habits, and and routines that aren't serving us because we're just too afraid to face that darkness and and what it actually might be. Uh, this is where you are. This is where you want to go identifying that GPS, having to fully embrace your current situation to get to that place that you're hoping to get to. 
and be ruthlessly honest with yourself in order to find that location. I'm called. How do you know that gap between the fruition of your dream and where you are is, is going to pan out? Well, you feel called to it. You just know you need to do it, much like Sergio mentioned. Having those non-negotiables in your business, in your life, in your relationships, balancing the two, discipline and consistency, leading to that life that you want. And what is the biggest lie you're telling yourself? Identify that. For a lot of us, it's I don't have a problem. Maybe we do, and that's okay. Track your progress because what gets measured gets marriage, managed and understanding the importance that parents play in their kids' lives. Such an important role. Sergio, this has been fantastic uh, to the audience. Thank you so much for giving us the time. As I promised, we don't take it for granted. So we would appreciate it if you hit that like, that subscribe button, share this with a friend that you know can get value from it. Leave us a rating because that's the only way we know how we're doing and how we can better serve you. And as we always say at the end of the episode, Everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. Let's get past the day.